We're going to talk about groundwater. Interesting discussion. We're continuing to learn more and more and more about groundwater, but in reality, there's, there's still more for us to learn. And it's important that we do so, I think. Um, we do know, however, it is the largest source of water on the planet. Not rivers, not lakes, not glaciers. No, no, no. It's groundwater. And in many cases, it's very, very old groundwater. It's ancient. So let's find out exactly what's going on in this realm. We're going to chat with Dr. Grant Ferguson, who is a professor in the Department of Civil, Geological, and Environmental Engineering and the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Saskatchewan. Um, Dr. Ferguson, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. It's really kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of us are, I mean, I certainly wasn't aware that this is by far the largest source of water on the planet, like more than lakes and rivers combined, right? Yeah, by by a long shot, but out of sight, out of mind, right? Exactly. Yeah, we don't see it, so we're not aware of it. Um, it, it's we're just basically in, to define it in its simplest terms. It's it's water located in the ground below the Earth's surface, right? Yeah, in in the cracks and pores of soils and rocks, down you know could be a few meters beneath your feet, where the water table is fairly close to the surface, and then you know extending way down to uh, several kilometers depth. Do we know like how much there is? Is, is it like? 10 times the amount of water that's on the surface, or do we have any way of quantifying it? Yeah, well, it gets a little bit fuzzy, but it's, it's probably more like, you know, 100 times the amount that's on the surface. I guess the, the caveat that I will put out there is, in terms of what we could actually access and that we'd want to drink, that number's, it's not small by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but it's only a, a fraction of, of that really huge number that would put it to whatever 40 some cubic uh, 40 some million cubic kilometers of uh, of groundwater wow wow um now we don't classify it all the same right like you say as the deeper you go it sort of changes the way we think about it in our current way of thinking anyway yeah that is certainly true and especially thinking about the prairies and and uh, in alberta right we think about uh, i guess it's managed by different branches of, of the government depending on where you're at right so Yes, nominally, if we don't know any better, we tag it at 600 meters. So that would be up up from there. We would typically think about that as that's our water resource that we would think about for for drinking water or maybe for agricultural use. And then beneath that is kind of the realm of the energy industry. Right, yeah. Um, when we talk about this, it sounds like a lot of potential, right? Like this groundwater, there's a lot of things that, you know, governments and industry could learn and could, you know, do better and could take advantage of here. Just how much potential is there? And is that sort of what the focus is on the way, the best way of using this resource? Yeah. And, and it, it comes down to, like you said, there's this division in terms of, you know, what we would use it or how we would classify it. Right. So certainly there is green potential to, to use groundwater as, as a water supply. And I, I think here in, in Western Canada, there's probably going to be more need for that as we see, you know, increased growth and, you know, changes in agriculture going into the future that might need more water and climate change on top of that. And then at the same time, there's this deeper uh, portion of the hydrologic cycle that we, re- we really do need that uh, if we're going to continue to operate the same way we, we do here in the prairies. And that's, that's where the oil industry disposes of produced water. That's where potash mines dispose of waste brines, right? And deep in other areas, right, we're talking about you know, potentially storing nuclear waste in, in places in Ontario, in those deeper zones, right? So, and how those interfaces is an interesting question that's difficult to answer. Yeah, have we sort of um, not messed it up, but sort of not really fully understood just how much interaction there is? Like, they're not that separate, right? Yeah, well, I guess that's that's 
one of the points of, of this study and some of the things that Professor McIntosh uh, at, at the University of Arizona and others that have been working with has been trying to wrap our heads around that. And, uh, and, and I guess what we've seen here in Western Canada has kind of been you know, the grand experiment that we, we think it's, it's probably okay. And we haven't seen like widespread yeah. sort of, you know, brines and oils and whatever, you know, seeping into water supplies, but there's some long time frames involved. And you know, have we studied this as well as we could? No. What, what's the appropriate level to study it? I, I think that's an open question. Is that the focus, though? I mean, I guess that's what it is, is sort of when you're talking about something that's, like you say, out of sight, out of mind, not easy to access, not easy to observe, does it make it that much more difficult? And do we need to put some effort into it? I, I would think so. I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I find this a fascinating subject. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, some of those things, right? I mean, we only drill so deep for water supplies, typically, but we've seen that in studies kind of around the world as, as water supplies get scarcer, the tendency is to drill deeper and deeper wells, you know, to access water as water tables fall or to get to that next deeper aquifer. And at some point, there's going to be this interface with whatever's going on down beneath, you know, whether that's oil and gas industry or just degraded water quality down there naturally, right? Most of that water down there is fairly saline. I mean, some of it, you know, they think about what's beneath your feet. Uh, and most places in Alberta and Saskatchewan, you know, once you get down several hundred meters, it's, it's saltier than the ocean, right? So we don't necessarily want to see these things mixing. Um, but if we drill deep enough for water supplies, maybe they, we start to have migration upwards. Or this also gets at uh, this development we've had over you know the past however many decades, you know, I guess a century here in Western Canada, and that's our legacy of oil and gas drilling. And, and we think about, uh, you know, orphaned and abandoned wells and, you know, what connections they may or may not create. And like I said, we don't have a lot of documented cases, but I think it's an open question, you know, will these things come back to bite us in the future? You know, some of that water that you're talking about that's really, really far down beneath the Earth's surface, some of it's been down there for literally millennia, right? Like, it's ancient sources of water. Do we know in terms how that affects, I guess for lack of a better term, water quality and, and usefulness for us? Yeah, so, so that would be what I'm getting at. Like, some of that stuff that was deposited when the rocks were deposited, yeah. you know, hundreds of millions of years ago. So in terms of a water supply for, for drinking water, it's, it's not something we want to drink. Right. It's also something that we don't want mixing with our drinking water supplies, whether that's through, you know, a, a poorly abandoned well or, or some other pathway that, that might be there. Like I said, we don't see this as a widespread thing in Canada, but, but uh, I'm not sure we always monitor to the extent that we could, right? And we often don't see these problems in until it becomes a problem. So can we be proactive on this and figure out just how much water we have and, and how to protect it? Uh, and this is probably a really dumb question. I know you talked a bit about, about it earlier, but in terms of, is it, a, is it a finite resource? It does replenish to some extent, but at what level? Like, is it something where we need to be careful about using it up because it doesn't come back kind of a thing? Yeah, and I guess that's the problem with, with groundwater, that, you know, there is this, potential right we we have this capacity to remove water from the ground far quickly than it is replenished right and like i said that's another thing we haven't seen that in a widespread uh, way in canada yet but you look to the south and you look at things that have happened in in the high plains of the united states and in california and, and arizona and other places that you know, that's you know they haven't had that access to the rivers that we have here and they've depleted their groundwater supply. So if you think about, well, what's going to happen to Western Canada, right? If we don't have the stream flow showing up at the right time of year, yeah. you know, in the Athabasca, in the 
in the bow and in, in, the, in the red deer and the old man. I mean, are we going to turn to groundwater more and what might that look like? And so getting ahead of that issue so we don't become the next, you know, high plains aquifer, which you know has had a lot of problems uh, recently. You know, are there lessons we can learn and can we get ahead of this? It makes perfect sense. And, you know, people like you are working on this and asking these questions are the people that ultimately will be in charge of making decisions, government, industry, things like that. Are they working on this as well? I, I think they are. I mean, I guess the, the problem is, is, you know, where we put our resources and do these people have the resources, right? Do we have, you know, the right amount of people, the right amount of uh, investment in, in monitoring systems and investigations, you know, from, from the provinces, from the federal government. And I, I would certainly support you know, increasing capacity in those areas. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's difficult to get, to get attention to some of these issues because they don't stare you in the face so much. Yeah. Right? Groundwater is, is not photogenic is something I've heard one of my colleagues say. And I think that's a good way of thinking about it. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, no question. It, like, it's just not... It's as simple as out of sight, out of mind. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, fascinating discussion, Grant. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. That is Dr. Grant Ferguson, who is a professor in the Department of Civil, Geological, and Environmental Engineering and the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Saskatchewan.